Well, hello, and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark, and happy you're back with us this week. Welcome, if this is your first time. I hope you're enjoying these podcasts. We are attempting to shed some light on some little-known jazz recordings or, or corners of jazz-recorded history, I've said, and uh, been doing these podcasts for quite a while. I am recording this on Thanksgiving Day. Happy Thanksgiving. Who knows when you're listening to this, but after my full meal, I am in the mood to do a podcast, and I think I'll start out by saying if you are interested in sponsoring us, we would appreciate it. We'd love to have some more members of the family, as it were, and uh, sponsorship here on Anchor.fm is not very much. It's only about $5 a month. I think there are other levels as well. And of course, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music or one of those other places, please consider sponsoring us as well. These are a lot of fun to do. Uh, love to get some support as well. So today we're going to be listening to the music of Yubi Blake. And Yubi Blake is an uh, interesting figure in jazz history. He himself was not really a jazz player per se. He didn't uh, ever put himself forth as, as a jazz player. He was kind of in the in the crack between ragtime and jazz. Um, he certainly was known for a number of tunes that came to be associated with jazz and with jazz performances, things like Memories of You and You're Lucky to Me, things like that. Uh, but he had a very long career even before jazz was uh, something that was on the, uh, on the radar of most people. He was born in 1887 in Baltimore, Maryland, and right away we find something interesting. He always said he was born in 18... Uh, 83, as opposed to 1887. He added four years to his life, and so uh, people thought he died at the age of about 100, when in fact he died at about the age of 96, which is still pretty considerable. Why he backed up his age uh, is a little hard to tell, but uh, he did, and census records and draft records and so forth uh, show that he was definitely born at the later date. He was a bit of a prodigy. Uh, he started playing piano, actually organ first, but then piano, and uh, started composing his own pieces fairly early on. He claimed to have composed the first piece we're going to listen to, which is called the Charleston Rag, in 1899, which he was 12 years old, and it's certainly conceivable that he might have done that. He said himself that he did not learn to write music, or really to notate music, until some years later. So he carried around a lot of tunes in his memory, and then at some point he put them uh, onto paper and uh, had them published as well. And he also became quite a, uh, a well-educated uh, musician in the sense of writing scores, uh, directing shows. He was uh, very active in the Black Broadway uh, productions of the early 1900s, or, or, or 1910s, I should say. Uh, he came to New York and uh, started playing with the Clef Club, which was a kind of a loose uh, union or guild, I guess you'd have to say, of African-American musicians playing dance band music in the 1910s. And this was on the heels of uh, some of the great black shows of the early 1900s and late 1890s that were done by uh, Burt Williams and George Walker and Bob Cole and J. Rosamond Johnson, uh, lots of people, Ernest Hogan. These were very popular shows among white audiences uh, as well as black audiences. And some of those performers, uh, especially Burt Williams and George Walker, made recordings, and they were in on the beginnings of the recording industry. And that gave rise to a, a, a pretty uh, significant population of African-American performing musicians who came out of those shows, having performed in the, in the pit or on stage or wrote songs for them and so forth. And Yubi Blake was one of those performers who uh, in New York in the early part of the 19 or mid part of the 1910s was very much in demand as a performer on stage in the vaudeville theaters and by 1917 in the recording studios as well. He started making recordings for Pathé Records, also started uh, doing some piano roles and you can find those online. You can get CDs of, of pretty much all of that. At some point in uh, 1915, 1916, he made the acquaintance of a singer, a man named Noble Sissel, and the two of them uh, formed a partnership that lasted a good 10, 12 years and produced one of the most successful African-American works on Broadway, a show called Shuffle Along in 1921. And for that, they were both working for James Reese Europe and his Clef Club. Sissel uh, joined the army with the, uh, the, the Hellfighters band that uh, Europe took over, to Paris in World War I, uh, thereby introducing a sort of an early form of jazz to European audiences. Uh, Ubi Blake stayed home and uh, ran the Clef Club and ran some of the, Europe's um, uh, musical enterprises in his absence. 
but as I said, by 1921, Sissel and Blake were very uh, popular uh, on the vaudeville stages. They were a duo. Sissel would sing, Blake would play and sing. They'd joke, they'd uh, play some uh, and perform some very high-class material, so-called for the day. They'd perform in tuxedos. They did not do blackface. They didn't do the plantation type of entertainment that uh, many black entertainers had to do in order to keep employed at the time. And this uh, notoriety, if you will, or, or fame, which also led them to be the first African-Americans to be featured in a sound film, a Lee DeForest film from about 1922 or so. Um, this led them to produce this uh, performance play, Shuffle Along, along with um, uh, Miller and Lyles, the black comedians. And this was a very, very important show for uh, the fact that it was produced and I think bankrolled and starred in by all African-Americans. It had a score of uh, songs by Cicel and Blake and some others that was a very, very strong musical statement and uh, had some excellent stars and was a very popular show for quite a while. After that, uh, Ubi founded, uh, took his own band on the road, started making some recordings. He did other shows in New York. Um, he made some short films in the 1930s. Uh, he uh, did some music for films, and he kept publishing music as well. Sissel uh, also went off on his own. He formed his own dance band, and we've heard some of the music of, I think, some of the Sissel recordings um, on our Sidney Bechet podcast that uh, uh, that band toured in the from the late 1920s all the way up to the late 1930s. In fact, I think into the 40s. And he was uh, at Billy Rose's Diamond Horseshoe and uh, led the band there for some time. And he was a, a well-known singer and entertainer as well. So both of them got to uh, live to great age. Uh, Blake, as we talked about, lived to the age of 96. Cicel lived into his late 80s as well. They were both relatively clean livers for entertainers of the age, and um, they continued to perform uh, throughout their career. Yubi Blake had a, a kind of a renaissance in 1969. He put out an album that also featured some contributions by Noble Cicel that uh, was called The 86 Years of Yubi Blake, and we know that it should have been The 82 Years of Yubi Blake, but splitting hairs there. And we're going to be listening to some of the tracks from that album that was done for Columbia, as well as one that was done a couple of years later, 1971, that was done uh, on Yubi's own recording label. It was called Yubi Blake Music, EBM number one. That was uh, the, the uh, album number, and it featured him with another singer who had appeared in Shuffle Along, uh, an African-American entertainer named Ivan Harold Browning. And we're going to hear a few tracks from that as well. So the first thing we're going to listen to is from uh, the 86 Years of U.B. Blake, that song I mentioned a bit earlier, Charleston Rag. And again, this is from 1899. This is right in the same time as Scott Joplin was composing Maple Leaf Rag and all of his great tunes. And this is obviously from the same tradition. Uh, and as I said, uh, Blake put it uh, onto paper at some point later than that. He uh, did not know how to write music until, I think, the middle 1910s. He finally learned how to do it and uh, started uh, publishing some of his earlier compositions, including Charleston Rag. After that, we're going to play another tune that was actually on the, on the newer side at the time. It's John Philip Sousa's Stars and Stripes Forever, and we'll hear how the march and the march form influenced ragtime. Very similar musical styles, even if they didn't sound quite alike. And as uh, I just said, it was a, a relatively recent tune. I think it was from the late 1870s, early 1880s, and um, it uh, was certainly well known, and it would have been the type of thing that all the ragtime players would have had to play uh, from time to time. Then we're going to hear another lesser-known UB tune called Poor Katie Red, and that's uh, a little bit more uh, reflective, but still got a nice stomping dance quality to it. And after that, we're going to finish up our short set with a medley of two tunes that were composed by the black entertainers Bob Cole and J. Rosamond Johnson. They were... Uh, entertainers and a songwriting team who did quite a lot of popular songs around the turn of the century for uh, black theater shows. The first song, Bleeding Moon, comes from 1908, and it was part of a show that was called Red Moon. That was actually not a single show. It was kind of a review that went from year to year, Red Moon 1, Red Moon 2, etc., etc. I think this was the first season of Red Moon that Bleeding Moon came out in. Then we're going to hear uh, a more popular tune from about 1902 by those two fellows, Cole and Johnson, called Under the Bamboo Tree. 
And this is something that, uh, of course, has jungle affiliations and so forth, so probably not politically correct. It's not sung here. Um, it was sung by Judy Garland in a movie in the 1930s, and uh, those of us who are Kid Ori fans remember the recording he made for Crescent in 1944 with Bud Scott singing the lyrics. So it was a still a remembered and popular song uh, among black audiences even as late as the 30s and 40s. So... That's our set for right now. The Charleston Rag, The Stars and Stripes Forever, Poor Katie Red, and Bleeding Moon and Under the Bamboo Tree. I wrote this, ladies and gentlemen, in 18 and 99. See, I composed it. I always say I wrote it. I could not write music then. I didn't start to write music until I was 15 years old. And I'll play the Charleston Rag. Now, the bass you hear... These people call it boogie. We called it the walking bass. See? Now I'll play the Charleston rag. <laughs>
was a good example of a couple of songs from uh, very popular uh, African-American shows around the turn of the last century. And uh, that was a, a, a kind of a, a boom period for African-Americans in the entertainment industry, especially in theatrical performances like that. And for seven or eight years, really until George Walker died uh, and uh, sort of made uh, Burt uh, Williams go into uh, semi-retirement at that point. Uh, it was uh, black shows were more popular than white shows at the time. Uh, Burt Williams, after he mourned the loss of his partner, ended up uh, going with the Ziegfeld Follies, which of course was a white show and becoming very, very popular in that. And it wasn't until 1921 and Shuffle Along with Cecil and Blake that uh, black shows started reclaiming some of their earlier popularity. Although there weren't too, too many shows uh, after Shuffle Along that were really uh, successful financially or artistically. There were a handful. And then uh, they faded again, and it might be argued that uh, Broadway has never had a, uh, uh, a renaissance of, of black and African-American entertainers the way it did in the early part of the 20th century. Kind of interesting. So that last uh, medley, or the medley we heard, the last tune, was Bleeding Moon followed by Under the Bamboo Tree, which were tunes composed by Bob Cole and J. Rosamond Johnson. And uh, they were two of the most popular songwriters of their period. Uh, Cole... 
ended up uh, having serious mental problems and committing suicide in the early 1900s. And J. Rosamond uh, Johnson and his brother James Weldon Johnson uh, composed some other tunes, including the uh, so-called Black National Anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing, and uh, did quite a bit of other work in various arts, poetry, librettos for for black operas and uh, uh, screenplays and things like that. Very, very well-known and successful entertainers of their day. Before that, we heard Poor Katie Red, which uh, I don't know what show that came from, or if indeed it did come from a show, but it was composed by Yubi Blake, and a nice bouncy tune it was. And uh, you can hear how uh, the jazz influence was uh, being felt by these ragtime pianists. Yubi Blake, of course, as I said, came up as a ragtime pianist, but he had a little bit more of a forward look to him. Uh, If he was truly born in 1887, then uh, he was definitely on the younger side, certainly much younger than Scott Joplin and some of his contemporaries, and he had his ear out for some of these uh, developments in popular music, including shows and so forth. And before that, we heard the Stars and Stripes Forever, which I had misidentified as a tune from the 1880s. It was actually, um, legend has it at any rate, composed by John Philip Sousa on Christmas Day of 1896. So it was almost contemporary exactly with our first tune, the Charleston Rag, composed by Yubi Blake when he was apparently 12 years old. Um, In the little spoken introduction, uh, Yubi talks about how he didn't learn to write music until he was 15, but if we believed his earlier birthday, date, uh, that would have been 1898, so I think you'll be got caught in a little tall tale there. Um, as I said, these tunes were taken from the album, double album set actually, called The 86 Years of UB Blake, and uh, we're going to hear in the next set uh, some participation by his partner, Noble Sissel, who uh, was an extremely well-known entertainer in his own right, and he was recording uh, very early with the James Europe Band when they came back from uh, World War I. They made a number of recordings for Pathé, uh, some of which featured the singing of Noble Sissel, and he was on tour and actually, I think, in the room in Boston and in 1919 when um, uh, uh, Europe was stabbed by one of his drummers and ultimately died of that wound and really put a a big crimp in the African-American entertainment industry at that point. James Reese Europe was poised to become a a real mover and shaker uh, in that uh, industry. So we're going to go to some more UB Blake now, including uh, some of his better-known tunes. We're going to start with another ragtime tune called Tricky Fingers. And uh, this is uh, uh, sort of a showpiece. Most ragtime and then later on stride pianists had to have their own showpieces. This was one of UB's. Of course, you think of James P. Johnson doing Carolina Shout and... um, handful of keys and things like that, but um, this was a a slightly earlier version of one of those pieces. Following that, we're going to hear a medley, a fairly long medley, actually, of tunes from Shuffle Along, that 1921 show, all of which are going to be sung by Noble Sissel. And the tunes you're going to hear in that medley are Bandana Days, I'm Just Simply Full of Jazz, Honeysuckle Time, Gypsy Blues, If You Haven't Been Vamped by a Brown Skin, Love Will Find a Way, and I'm Just Wild About Harry. Of course, I'm Just Wild About Harry is probably the best-known tune today from um, that show, although it's interesting to note that it was composed as a waltz, uh, and it was supposed to have been sung by the uh, female lead, who I think was a girlfriend of Yubi Blake's at the time, and she didn't care for it. She didn't think it was a very good song to be sung as a waltz, so it was recast as as an up-tempo dance number, and that's how we think of it today. So that'll be our Shuffle Along medley. And then we're going to go to one of uh, Blake's tunes from the uh, early 1930s. This is arguably, I think, maybe his best ballad and possibly his best-known tune called Memories of You. Of course, Benny Goodman, uh, this was a favorite of his, and he recorded that many times in his career. Then we're going to end up with uh, another ragtime piece. This one is going to come from that other album from 1971 on UB Blake Music, and it's called Fizz Water. And uh, that'll, that'll rouse us up at the end of that set. And then we're going to go on to some curiosities for the third set, and I'll tell you about those later. So those are our tunes right now. Tricky Fingers, The Shuffle Along uh, Medley, Memories of You, and Fizz Water. Well, I, I wrote this around, now let me get it right now. I was at the gold field, it must be, it's gotta be after 1907. 
I wrote about 1908 or 1909 called Tricky Fingers. Uh, Huey Wolford used to play this after I taught it to him. He was my competitor, you know, see? Great piano player. And uh, I'll play Tricky Fingers now. Okay, here I go. Just in doubt. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And was trying hard to figure out. 
and try to find what it was all about. about to tell me but if she had a set that my sweetie I knew beep up, beep up. they'd had to bury me rather than to start a ruse that ran away boy and I got my dues that's why I've got those zipsy gypsy blues gypsy been bad by a brown skin you've never been vamped at all for that vamp and that vamp is a brown skin believe me now that ain't no store you know a high brown gal would make you break out of jail talk down and make a tadpole smack away but a pretty seal skin brown i mean one long and tall It make the silence thinks in the desert speak and then fall. Oh, if you've never been banned by a brown skin, you've never been banned at all. I've been telling for 40 years, nobody believed me. Love will find a way. Those skies Love like ours can never be ruled. Mr. Cupid ain't schooled that way. So dry each tear dimmed eye. Those old dark clouds will soon roll by. Though fate may lead us astray, my darling, mark what I say. Oh, he's sweet like chocolate candy He's just like honey from the bee That's why I'm just wild about Harry And Harry's wild about Can I do without Harry's wild
So that was UB Blake playing Fizzwater, a 1914 a ragtime, just prior to stride uh, piano piece that was a feature of his and uh, told you a little bit about it there. We actually started out the set with Tricky Fingers, a 1909 test piece, and he told you a little story about that, that uh, he had actually uh, used it to beat another pianist and then taught him how to play it. In between there, we heard two tunes. First of all, we heard the Shuffle Along medley, which featured Noble Sissel, who uh, at the time was about 80, 82 or something, 81, 82, something like that, and still in very good voice. He had a very young-sounding voice. Obviously took care of himself. And we heard him sing uh, tunes from Shuffle Along, Bandana Days, I'm Just Simply Full of Jazz, Honeysuckle Time, Gypsy Blues. If you... Uh, if you haven't been vamped by a brown skin, love will find a way, and I'm just wild about Harry, all of which were accompanied by UB Blake, who lent his voice to a couple of numbers, uh, recreating the stage act that the two of them had in the 1920s, Sissel and Blake, and as I said, they were captured for all time on an early sound film experiment by Lee DeForest, uh, Phono Films, I think it was called, and they uh, played or sang three numbers, uh, and Yubi did uh, a piano feature on his big concert version of Way Down Upon the Suwannee River. Well worth looking at if you get on YouTube. Then after that, we heard a, a very quiet, reflective version, at least at first, of uh, UB Blake's famous tune, Memories of You, from about 1930, I think it was. And uh, I believe that was first recorded by uh, Louis Armstrong, and I think even before UB's version of that. And of course, Benny Goodman had a number of recordings over the course of his life of it. And uh, we heard, as I said, a very quiet, reflective uh, ballad type of performance that went into more of, a, of an energetic uh, dance performance. You could almost see the, uh, the, the actions on the stage as if uh, UB were performing for a stage show. He was really a, a, a theatrical pianist for his whole life, and everything he composed really had something of that with it. So we're going to do three more tunes for you, uh, Uwe Blake, and uh, from a sort of a retrospective of his career, certainly, but uh, all done at the, um, you can't even say at the end of his career, 1969 and 1971. We're going to be featuring some of the tracks from 1971 uh, coming up, and he still had another uh, 15 years of life to go, or, or I guess 14 years of life to go at that point. And... Uh, really playing very, very well. He played uh, right up until literally uh, a day or so before his death, I think. Uh, he uh, lived a very active and uh, interesting life, certainly, and uh, thankfully he uh, kept his wits about him, and he was a very good interviewee. He uh, was on The Tonight Show numerous times in the 1980s and 70s, and uh, you know, people, people like to hear him talk as well as play. So we're going to start out with an interesting little tune, uh, especially in our current times uh, of our pandemic. I don't know when you're listening to this. Hopefully when you do, it will be over by then, but we're in the midst of it now. And this tune uh, has some uh, resonance in this time. It's called Some Little Bug Will Get You If You Don't Look Out. I did a little looking into this tune. It was actually composed, I think, as a poem by someone uh, who became an actor uh, and a pretty well-known comedian on Broadway and in films uh, later on, a man named uh, John Leroy Atwell. I think his name was Roscoe Atwell is what he went uh, went by on stage. And uh, he composed some nonsense poetry, and, and, and that was kind of his shtick as a comedian, was double talk and so forth. And so this poem found its way into the recorded repertoire of a number of performers in the 1910s. Billy Murray was the first uh, in 1915. And uh, Apparently, this was sung to several different melodies. I think the one that Billy Murray sang is the one that we're going to hear now. And this is U.B. Blake accompanying uh, Harold or Ivan Harold Browning, who, as I mentioned, was an African-American entertainer who had performed in Shuffle Along in the original cast. And uh, he uh, joined U.B. on these 1971 recordings. So after some little bug, we're going to go to one tune that was not part of the Shuffle Along medley that we heard a few minutes ago. This is really one of the nicest tunes, I think, from that show, and certainly one of the nicest tunes that Yubi Blake composed, and it's called Goodnight Angeline. And Shuffle Along was notable as a show, uh, as I said, because it was an all-black cast. It also was probably the first 
uh, black show on Broadway that showed African Americans as human beings that were actually, you know, three-dimensional human beings capable of love and falling in love and singing love songs. There had been a, quite a taboo against that uh, beforehand, but Shuffle Along broke those barriers, and uh, Goodnight Angeline was uh, really a, a first-class ballad from that day, and we're going to hear uh, Ivan uh, Harold Browning sing that with Yubi. And we're going to finish up with an interesting showpiece that uh, Yubi composed in 1955 um, when he was in his 60s. It's called Dicties on 7th Avenue. And uh, from what the note said, this is something that he composed uh, as a result of his uh, return to music study. He had actually uh, gone and studied the Schillinger system of composition, which was uh, uh, later brought to Boston from New York, Schillinger, uh, Open Schillinger House, which came to be known as the Berkeley School of Music, which it is today. And a uh, number of uh, very diverse musicians went through the Schillinger program in New York in the 1940s, including Glenn Miller and uh, Uwe Blake. And uh, Uwe was exposed to more modern types of music. He uh, learned to notate even better through that system, but he composed this piece, uh, Dicties on 7th Avenue, with an eye to uh, towards making it a more modern-sounding tune with much more intricate chord progressions that were reflective of jazz and popular music uh, that had happened uh, in the decade or two before 1955. So we have a very unusual-sounding composition, and uh, it's good to end with this one, where we started with Charleston Rag from 1899. So 56 years separate these two tunes and uh, a world of style as well. So those are our three tunes. Some Little Bug Will Get You, Good Night Angeline, and the Dicty, uh, and Dicties on 7th Avenue. There is oftentimes a question in this world of indigestion as to what to eat and what to leave alone. The microbes and bacillus all have a different way to kill us, and in time they usually claim us for their own. Now there are germs of every kind in any place that you can find, in the markets or on the bill of fare. Drinking water is just as risky as that so-called deadly whiskey. And it is oftentimes a great big mistake to even breathe the air. Some little bug is going to find you someday. Some little bug is going to sneak up behind you someday. And with a nervous little quiver, he'll give you cirrhosis of the liver. Some little bug is going to find you someday. Now the inviting green cucumber gets most everybody's number, while the green corn has a system of its own. The radish seems nutritious. Its behavior is quite vicious, and a doctor will soon be coming to your home. Eating lobster cooked a plain is simply flirting with domain. While an oyster sometimes has a lot to say. The clams we eat in chowder make the angels chant the louder. For they know that you'll be with them right away. Some little bug is going to find you someday. Some little bug is going to catch up with you someday. And then he'll call all of his little bug friends. And then your earthly troubles will end. Some little bug is going to find you someday. Now take a nice slice of a fried onion. Then you fit for Dr. Munyon. While an apple dumpling will kill you quicker than a train. Chew a cheese midnight rabbit And the grave you'll soon to have it Ah, to eat it all is such a foolish game Eating huckleberry pie Is such a pleasing way to die While sauerkraut brings on softening of the brain The clams we eat in chowder Make the angels chant the louder 
cause they know that you'll be with them right away. Some little bug is going to find you someday. Some little bug is going to creep up behind you someday. And when you eat that dish called chili, then on your breast they'll place a lily. Some little bug is going to find you someday. striking and your line suppose it's time that we should be hiking and your line surely hates to leave you honey need I do honey child when you near me I feel blue so good night my Angelina farewell my gal so fine leaving time is grieving time I hate to part with my baby mine night time what's made for loving is the right time for turtle dubbing kisses taste much finer and hugging seems diviner but I must leave you honey cause my heart feels funny good night Angeline oh, baby good It's leaving time, it's grieving time. I hate to part with my baby mine. Night time was made for loving. It's the right time for tidal loving. Yes, this tastes much finer, and the hugging seems diviner. But I must leave you, honey, cause my heart feels funny. Good night,
So I hope you've enjoyed our UB Blake program today. This is the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. We just uh, heard three tunes. Some Little Bug Will Get You, uh, sung by uh, Ivan uh, Harold Browning with UB Blake in 1971 on that UB Blake Music LP, number one, in fact, uh, followed by Goodnight Angeline, a really lovely song done by Browning and Blake from the Shuffle Along show that both of them participated in uh, 50 years earlier. And then we ended up with Dicties on 7th Avenue. Dicty is a word that meant highfalutin or, or overreaching or something like that. I think it came out of the African-American slang tradition in the 1920s. A number of tunes had the word Dicty in it, and that probably was where uh, U.B. Blake uh, brought that association from. But as I said, that tune was composed in 1955 and was designed as a reflection of his study. Uh, he was actually doing academic study. Even in his 60s, he went back to school to do some work to become better at his craft, and uh, indeed he did. So that uh, tells you a little bit about U.B. Blake. Anyway, very successful career in music, U.B. Blake. He never really had a downtime, uh, particularly. Uh, he was always employed. Uh, when he wasn't playing, he was writing or composing, or um, you know, I think he did some teaching on the side as well. He lived in New York for most of his life. He was born in Baltimore, and uh, just a, a very successful life. No other way you can say that. And the number of tunes that he left to us in his almost 100 years is pretty remarkable, maybe second only to someone like Irving Berlin. So again, you've been listening to The Jazz Focus. John Clark, we are on Anchor.fm as our home, but we are heard on Spotify, Apple Music, and many other platforms as well. Again, we're looking for some sponsors, so hope you're interested in sponsoring us. Lots more programs to come, and uh, hope that you will be part of the family. So thank you again, and I'll see you on the other side.